Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With my special guest my sister Tanya. How you doing today? How are you doing today? Our tagline is as well to be, as to be expected um, for, for a couple of reasons. But besides those things, I'm doing wonderful this morning. Uh, followed my my routine that I start getting, been uh, doing my skin treatment and all of that. And so I'm energized, ready to go for this broadcast. We've been having some really, really uh, robust broadcasts with, loaded with information. I urge the people to go back and binge watch, um, but particularly if you can't binge watch the whole series up to this point, especially beginning at uh, in series 11, 12, 13, 14, yesterday was 15, today is 16. We're building steam. It's snowballing. It's domino affecting, and so you, we have some powerful for you guys. Yes, 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 and we want to let you know Yes, we want to let you know that we are simulcasting on Periscope, Vimeo, FB on the Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society uh, page. Make sure that you like that, subscribe. Also, we are simulcasting live on YouTube at the Film Review Life Channel, the Film Review Life Channel. We'd like to thank everyone who has come in. And also, if you want to listen to us or make a comment, call in at 213-943-3358, 213-943-3358. If you come in, you just want to listen, all you got to do is just come in and listen. But if you want to make a comment on your touchstone dial created by a Technology that a black woman created that brought about touch tone. That's right, people. Go research. Press one on your touch tone, and we will see the signal that you want to come in and talk at 213-943-3358. So what is the topic for today? What can we learn from Candace Owens? Does she assist us. Again, what can we learn from Candace Owens? Does she assist us? From what we talked about yesterday and what you researched, we're not going to go into full depth in depth yet, but what do you feel about Candace Owens as I do some uh, population here? It was seem as though she does have you know, she has a presence that definitely has garnered her some attention. And it would seem that she covers different issues in her ideology, um, not only including African uh, black Americans, 
um, but also women's rights, uh, LGBTQ, uh, welfare, climate change, guns rights, Muslim immigration. So she has a whole lot of things she speaks about on her plate uh, that are of a concern to her. And as I was researching her, I found that she, uh, in 2018, she launched the Blexit movement here, which is a movement, a political movement that was um, set up in, in uh, I think it was England, uh, by her now husband, well, not by her husband, but her husband became, he defected from their leading party over there to that party. Uh, they are a political movement over in England that formed in 2018, and she uh, set that up over here. Uh, and launched the movement over here in 2018. The movement is a social media campaign to encourage African Americans plus Latinos and other minorities to abandon the Democratic Party and register as Republicans. That's basically what the movement was designed to do. And at the time, 8% of African Americans identified as Republicans. Um, so, you know, she's been doing her thing. Um, she, the word of uh, for the Blexit, it's described in the United Kingdom is with, and for them, it was withdrawal from the European Union. So for us, it's withdrawal is what it's signifying. And uh, so she and her husband, who was uh, a, a dignitary or son of a dignitary over in that country, are now looked at as the new right-wing power couple. Uh, between when he is Caucasian and uh, he has a, a more, I don't know if you want to throw it, it's, it's outside of the norm way of looking at things politically, and so does she. So the two of them together are looked at as this right-wing power couple at this time. That's right. It's uh, Brexit in England and Blacksit in uh, America, and that is news because I, as we were talking about it, as we were going over the show for today, when you told me that she is married to one of the proponents of Brexit in England, and how is that doing for England right now? We could just look and see. You know, after they voted for it, after it was pushed, they said on the internet the next day after it passed. People in England were searching, what is exactly is Brexit? You voted for something that you did not find out what the meaning of it was before you voted for it. See, this is why we here at hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB disseminate information so you will know your eyes will not be uh, eyes wide shut. They will be wide open. There will be no blindfold right here. You will know what you are doing when you do what you do. So, all right, people. So, before we put the rubber to the road, we do have some memes. As usual, you know, we always have to start out with things to warm up the topic, right? And this is something that we have been speaking to uh, for the last a few episodes, and this came up in a meme, right? And the meme says, 
how many um, Africans here in America have great-grandparents that were slave sellers? When we find you, we will need to ex- you will need to explain where the money went because African-Americans, or as I say, American blacks, will need a check from you. We're going to hunt you down like the Jews after German Nazis. That's right. So we're going to hunt you down like Jews after the Jewish people after the Nazis. What you got to say to that? Wow. Uh, that's something because that's something I had not considered that there were uh, there may be African or Black Americans here who had great grandparents that were slave sellers. Now, how uh, would that come about? Unless we're talking about, could it have been the slave master who was a great grandparent of a? a Black American. No, no, no. There's a there's an article in the New Yorker from a Nigerian woman. She's Igbo, right? And the Igbo tribes, the Igbo tribes dealt in slave trading. And matter of fact, she says in the article, it's in the New Yorker. My great grandfather, the slave trader, right? So Africans, so African, I remember my father told me that uh, when I was first coming into my awareness and my pro-blackness, he was like, well, what about the uh, African chiefs who sold uh, other Africans into slavery? And it took me a while to adjust that and figure it out, and I started research. I said, yes, right? And then Public Enemy came out with the song Can't Trust It, where he said, me and Big Chief must have had a big beef. Now I'm over here, can't trust it, right? So in the article, in the article, she talks about how once the mid-Atlantic slave trade ended, the African Igbo would bury, when they died, their slaves would bury would be buried alive with them, and so I asked the question to some people who were into Pan Africanism who had never heard of it and who had dealt with people who were Igbos, you know, supposedly uh, spreading this knowledge about you know Pan Africanism and, and the connection and everything. They, the Igbos had kind of like. Neglected to add in that you know they had something to do with it. I don't know which you know they tried to say not all of them are the same, but all of them are the same. They're Igbos. Okay, so I said uh, they said that they buried them alive, and I said which one would be worse to be buried alive when your slave master died because they had to get rid of the excess stock because they had too much stock because the Mid-Atlantic slave trade ended, right? What would, what would be worse? That or being put into slavery and then being able to have generations because you fought to be free. Which one would be worse? Which one would you think would be worse? 
end of generations or continuing generations? Um, I would think it I mean, that's quite a hellacious thing to be buried alive uh, with your slave master because his life ended. Um, but I don't know which is worse. I don't know if you can assign which is worse than that because in both cases, to some degree, life is ending. In both cases, the freedom of life is ending. So, I mean, but I would not want to be buried alive. I would not, be, I would not want that to be buried alive. And if so, you would want your own determination. Like if you fought on the slave ship and you burnt the slave ship down, like one of the scenes depicted in American Gods before they took uh, that particular god away or wanted him to be more buffoonish and acted and want to do it. So, but that's another story of another time. Or you jumped off the boat, you were self-determined. But either way, you're being buried alive or they're, you're weak and they're chaining you. They put a rock and run the rock and you fall off the side of the boat into the ocean to be shark food. Either way, it would be better to be here to fight on in generations. But however, as you learn from PBS, only 388,000 Africans actually landed on the shore of America, which means that the 42 to 42 million American blacks that are here today, some of us were already here and amalgamated into the title Negro and colored. And so that's what it is because 388,000 does not beget 44 million. Okay. So here's here's another here's one that was real interesting. Everyone loves Tupac, and even if they didn't at the time, they fake they fake love now, and they say, "Oh yes, we always loved Tupac. We loved him. We loved him. He was good. He was good." Okay. So this is said. Remember Tupac. This is, at the top, the person who did the meme said, "Rest peacefully." Beside him in this picture is the woman. I'm going to leave her name blank. Uh, the lady who accused him of rape. Behind him is the Haitian who robbed and shot him at Quad Studios. Next to him is his manager who set him up to get killed. You are surrounded by your enemies nine times out of ten. Be careful out there. Your enemies are not strangers. Your enemies are most times people you surround yourself with. You see that picture? That was good times. Pac wouldn't have never have thought that, right? And those people didn't care. He was dealing with people from immigrants from other countries who did not care about his message about self-determination in his music his sweet concophony of self-determination and gangsterism in music. They did not care. They did not care. Now, here's an article that is very interesting for those who rail against uh, welfare. They rail against welfare, which gets us close to the rubber hitting the road with Candace Owens. 
Okay. So this article, let me bring it. Let me bring it up larger so I can read it. So it's an article. So the headline says how decades of U.S. welfare policies lifted up the white middle class and largely excluded black Americans. The coronavirus pandemic has exposed the underbelly of American inequality in many ways with people of color disproportionately likely to be laid off to be on the financial brink and to die from the virus. That has helped prompt a growing chorus of financiers, business leaders, and regular folks to call for a reimagining of American capitalism. Remember that word, reimagining. That is the talking point of the left and the hard left. Death to America, the reimagining of American capitalism, and for moves to end racial inequality, some top economists are calling for a new New Deal, specifically targeting inequality, a platform to which the Democratic presidential candidate, Joe Biden, seems open. Right. So, meanwhile, the welfare worked for the Caucasian middle class, but for the American black middle class, poor to middle class, didn't bring them up to middle class. What do you have to say to that? Matter of fact, they made black people the face of welfare when we know that there's more white people who are uneducated, who would have needed than there are American Blacks. Um, It's really interesting how um, situations shift and and, uh, pictures are painted on top of canvas that already have pictures on it. I don't know how you do that. But, you know, reimagining American capitalism, remember uh, in our definitions we talked about capitalism And I believe that was one of the words we talked about. And um, capitalism is an economic system in which private individuals or businesses own capital goods. The production of goods and services is based on supply and demand in the general market, known as market economy, rather than through central planning, known as planned economy or command economy. So they're reimagining or rethinking uh, introducing this back as being the mainstay, and we have to understand what that's going to mean for us. Again, it means that we're under the gun, again, and that uh, they're steadily going to be putting the, the face. So we're catching it on both ends. So we're going to be faulted or, uh, uh, or, or told that we're accountable or we're the ones that account for the majority of the use of the welfare system, and then they're going to double back and try to reintroduce something else and say, and we will not get the benefit of that reintroduction. So it's, it's once again, I mean, the more everything that we're we're speaking about, it's just more stuff flying flying across the room and hitting the wall to see what's going to stick. And we're standing there, we're catching part of it, we're catching it. 
we catching, we getting hit with flying boo boo too. We getting hit with it. You throwing stuff up against the wall to see what's sick, but we're standing in the middle, so we're getting hit with boo boo. And I'm being nice with that word. So you see, people, you're watching hashtag TFR podcast live OB, right? Hashtag TFR podcast live OB. Our chat is open on YouTube. Our chat is open on the FB pages that we are. Leave your comments. We'll read your comments. Also, make sure that you go over to Cash App, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live. Smash a few dollars over there. Say that you appreciate what we're doing for you and uh, bring you this information and Chime in line, 213-943-3358. Got to make sure the lines are going. You know how they be too cagey sometimes on the end of the provider. But 213-943-33. Next, to break away just a little bit, this is one of those distractions in the middle of this, which this is cool. Roy Jones Jr. admits he made a mistake by agreeing to fight Mike Tyson. Now, I don't know how many people have been keeping up with this fight. It was supposed to happen September 12th, but it got pushed back to November 28th so that more people can come on and be ready for this fight because this would be the fight of the century. Mike Tyson, all the videotapes that we're seeing of him, the training, the video, the digital, he is coming out fast, moving Moving, ducking, peekaboo, and then Roy. Roy, he is usually the cockfighter. His his footwork is kind of slow. He's kind of like slowed down. But Mike Tyson is, and and like so, Roy is gonna have to do some peekaboo. Look like to me, like you know, being peekaboo and hope that Tyson tires out by the third or fourth round, and then he can start hitting him with the jab and come with the over well, hitting with the jab and come with the overhand right, hook, uppercut, something while guarding that chin, cause Tyson is coming peekaboo and woo, 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 hey, and he putting everything from his calves. Have you seen Mike Tyson's calves? He's bringing everything from the power planting those feet and delivering a crust. I don't know is Roy Roy looks Roy looks a little just a little slow at it or it could be that he's playing a psychological game. What do you think about that? I um this was one of the last sport conversations that my father and I had before he passed and I showed dad how um Mike was trained. I was like, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> you know, because I think he's close to my age. I think, and I'm like, look at this. He is really Speedy Gonzalez out here. He's really, I mean, he's in shape. He's got. Uh, he's because he is a more mature man now. He has more focus. And I think that some people thought this was going to be likening to some of the, you know, like I think we just had uh, Gladys Knight versus Patti LaBelle uh, on the singing uh, things that they're doing. 
And I think people were thinking that this was going to be something like that where you have some legends that are getting together, but they're kind of chilling and they're celebrating, you know, what they've done or whatever. But no, Mike is coming back as Piper. He's not coming back as a has-been. He's not coming back as a retiree. He's coming back as a fighter now. I already had concerns because there's a weight class difference between them. There was a weight class. I'm not sure what Roy Jones was, but I know he was a heavyweight. I don't think he was a heavyweight. He went to heavyweight. He went to heavyweight, and he beat John Ruiz. He beat John Ruiz. Then he went back down to light heavyweight, and then Antonio Tarver cleaned his clock, and he had never really recovered. He should have had Antonio Tarver come up to heavyweight and make a catch heavyweight division, right? He could have fought that dude named Bird. He could have fought – it was a whole bunch of people that he could have fought. But Mike Tyson, because of height and because of that, he wanted to fight Mike Tyson next, but then Mike wasn't into training then. Well, Roy is only 51 years old, right? Mike Tyson is only 54. So they're in the same – they're in the same generation X, but it's just like, I don't know, Roy just looks slowed down for some reason, and then Mike Tyson just looks like he's coming in to kill. And I can see Mike Tyson. I think Mike Tyson could beat a couple of the heavyweights that are now that are at least 20 years his junior. I think he could beat uh, the bronze farmer. I think that he could beat him. Right, even though he has a length and he has the knockout shot, but Michael Mike Tyson has the peekaboo style, and he and he's hurt, not herky jerky, but just and and we know that uh, the uh, Deontay Wilder has trouble with herky jerky fighters because he had trouble with old boy who had the bell in his glove and took the hair out of his glove so that his knuckle would be more exposed. The guy, the last dude he fought, who was cheating against him, who knocked him down, right? Who really didn't have any power, uh, which I won't even say his name, skip him. But he could beat him, and he could possibly beat Joshua. But it's only one thing that I'm not seeing in the sparring, not, not sparring, but in the training. I haven't seen any sparring. And so I don't know what either man is going to do when they get hit. And that is the determining factor. Like, it's all good. You, you swing it at inanimate objects or you got, your, you got your trainer with the heavy, heavy protection on with the mitts, but what is it when somebody is actually throwing back at you? And that, that's what we need to see. We need to see because it looks impressive until you get hit back. And then that's when the story is told, right? So, not to mention that I think the only person that I think could actually take Mike Tyson, the only person that I think that could actually take Mike Tyson, and they are considerably in different weight classes, middleweight to heavyweight, would be Floyd Mayweather. I really do believe that Floyd Mayweather could – Rack up points against Mike Tyson. 
and be able to avoid the shots that Mike Tyson would be throwing. And it, and it all would depend on how how much of a jaw Floyd would have once he did get hit, what, what type of punch he could take from Mike Tyson. So we'll leave that right there. You know, people say, are you insane? Mike Tyson would, we don't know, because I haven't seen Mike Tyson hit yet. I've seen him training. Haven't seen either one of them get hit. Okay. So here's another one, people. Yeah, another meme I saw. Never apologize for your black thoughts, your black loyalties, your black motives, your black history, your black pride, or your black skin. Be strong. Be proud. Be unapologetically black. Woo! Woo, that sounds good. Uh, yes, yes. Put the hands up. Go clap your hands and go like that. The only problem is I have a I have a concern about the colors. I have a concern about the color scheme and who wrote this and who wrote this and what blackness are we talking about? What blackness, what blackness are we talking about? What are we talking about here? The, the, the color scheme is concerning me. Yeah, I want to know where baby blue and orange came in at um, because <laughs> that's not on any of the other uh, black, you know, advertisements and stuff that we had, even from some of the black groups back in the past. And even if you want to look at our celebrations, like Kwanzaa and stuff like that, you don't see those. That, where is that powder blue? It's not baby blue. It's like a, a powder blue and orange. Those colors represent something. I'm going to look them up. I know they represent something, though, and it's not black. And um, that that is, um, I love that. I love that board. I love all of that. And there's a reason why we shouldn't apologize for it, because nobody else is. It's not necessary it doesn't warrant an apology. We are who we are. And why do we have to, you mentioned it last week, how we have to preface certain things by saying, well, you know, just to explain that we're not. No, we shouldn't have to do that. Even those of us who have some white friends, you know, our friends, if they are our friends, they're our friends because they already knew what we were about. They were already, you know, in our corner to an extent. So they already know we're not. We don't have to preface what we're saying. Well, I'm not being prejudiced. I'm not being racist, but I'm not. Well, you should already know that, and you should already know if you're living in the same world I'm living in, you know that things are disproportionate. You know that things are unfair. You know that things are out of order, and it should not offend you if I am speaking uh, on behalf of my people. Speaking on behalf of my people is not speaking against you. It's speaking on behalf of my people. And that's that's as clear as it gets. Yeah, but my my concern about the colors is: is this the new black? Is this like uh, be strong, proud? Is this like the new black, like encompassing, like living the high life and your switch? You left, you lefty today, then you hitting righty tomorrow. Lefty the next day, right? If you follow my drift, is this what this is about? Because it can be masked because these colors are concerning to me. I'll just say that. I'll just say that right there. So moving right along here, here's one which really sums up what we are seeing out here in society today. The only rule to this game is there are no rules. 
The only rule to this game is there is no rules. None. None whatsoever. Nope. No. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Thought you had rules. Oops. You you at the one yard line, you're about to cross over, you got four downs, you're on first down, you're about to cross over American black people, you're about to cross over to the the goal line, you're about to get your touchdown, you're about to get your success. Wait a minute. The not the refs go talk to the refs up in the booth that are listening. Next thing you know, you done lost twenty yards and you done lost three downs, you're on fourth down and you got fourth and twenty. The only rules to this game is there are no rules. I'm inclined to absolutely agree with that because everything else has been so ambiguous. You know, uh, the rules change, you know, as soon as you get, uh, you know, as soon as more, just for an example, as soon as more black men were graduating from colleges and university, uh, then a crack hit the streets and then, you know, uh, and then if you get past the crack epidemic and you get past that, then when you get into the workforce that you worked in and paid all those, took out all those student loans to get through school, then you go into your field and there's a glass ceiling. You can only go past, you can, you can be the manager, but you can't be the CEO or the CFO. So there's is always a moving, it's a, a fluctuating set of rules. So that means there's no rules. And the rules only fluctuate when you start meeting the condition of the rules. You meet the condition of the rules, then the rules change. Uh, you meet the condition. So more of us get bachelor's degrees now. Oh, no, you need a master's now. You need a master's. More of us need get master's. Oh, no, you need a doctorate now. Where's your doctoral thesis? We, we need you to have a doctorate. So the, everything keeps on changing. So now you just throw the rule book out, and how we can get it, we can get it. Oh, you know, it's funny, you know, there's someone that's in office who just said that he's going to, if you know how to do something, if you don't necessarily need a piece of paper, if you know how to do the trade or you know how to code or you know how to do that, who put that into effect so the, the playing field can be more even? Oh, that's that guy that you don't like, that we're saying we're going to have to just sit out on both sides because we need some reparations. But certain policies put in place are indirectly helping black people, which gets us closer. The only rules to this game is there are no rules, which gets us to the meme that I will continue to keep using because it's so good. Thank you for the symbolic gestures. But American black people need Reparations, right? Which brings us to the topic of the night. Her name is Candace Owens, right? Her name is Cam- Candace Owens, right? That's the topic for the night. What can we learn from Candace Owens? What can we learn from Candace Owens? Does she us? Assist us. Does she assist us? So I'm going to ask you, Tanya, does she, uh, just the second part of the question, do you think that she assists American blacks in any way? 
Um, because, now here we go, um, because she is one of those people who are uh, accepted into or accepted amongst her white peers, or he ha- she has the ear of, you know, her white constituents, to some degree, uh, because they can hear her, because she, you know, has the articulation, she's uh, educated, she She's married to a white man. She's, uh, you know, they're more inclined to hear her out at least. So uh, the things that she does mention concerning us, um, at least they can be heard and put on the table from someone they consider to be. I'm not saying there's nobody else who is capable of putting the points on the table. I'm not saying that. But because she meets a criteria within her peer group here, uh, they're more able to hear what she has to say and can lead it to the table. So now the, that that's one step in helping. Now, how far it goes after it gets to the table, uh, her ability to convince uh, and push things through or finish the job or close the deal, uh, we don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know. Hmm. Okay, let me bring this up. Hold up, hold up. All right. Hmm. Okay. Look. Assist us. Uh, I'm gonna say a hard, emphatic. It doesn't assist us that way, and you know, in the way of the whites or the Caucasians listening to what uh, we have to say, because her her power is only contingent upon speaking what they like to hear, just my opinion. They like to hear, and if they don't like what she's hearing, then she will be on the scrap heap uh, also, right? So that brings us to uh, interesting. Before, this is a preface. I have to preface beforehand, right? I have to preface beforehand. That brings us to why Candace Owens cannot assist us that way in talking to Caucasians. And we, you know, the show or the proof of insanity is trying to do the same things that you've done before. We are about doing for one another, creating our security, creating our economic base, creating our uh, people who are diplomats going out and speaking for us, kind of like how Tulsa, Oklahoma was. Tulsa, Oklahoma had to deal with China before the whites came in and destroyed it, then took over the deal with China. It was American people who had the original deal with China to trade goods and services. Do your research. That's what it is. So the original Black Panther Party, we have to play this because there's something in there that it's part of this hamster wheel that we always talk about, that mindset, instead of being on a mind state, creating, right? So let's listen to this, and then we're going to stop midway and do some uh, discussion on it. So let's see. Let's see what they say.
Okay, let me stop it right there. Okay, right there. He said, if you do not put in place an economic plan, if you do not put in place an economic plan for, I'm going to say, American black Milwaukeeans, we are going to come here, we're going to stand here with our rifles in front of City Hall and make your life a disturbed situation having to walk past us with the rifles. Okay. Did you understand or did you get what this is? You know, I, I, I applaud the brother. I, 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 applaud, I applaud the brother, but it's, it's certain things that disturb me. It's like when you're looking at black power, right, when I look at the Panthers, the original Black Panthers in the 1960s, they were slim, trim, ready to go to war. They were smooth. They had the afro. They had the berets. They was dressed in black. They were slim. Like they were running. They had missed some meals. That was pretty good, actually. They missing some meals. It's like fasting makes you stronger and make you uh, you're able to eat less meals. For the battle, okay. So, but when I see this, when I see a spare time, when I see when I see a spare time, I'm just saying I'm not talking bad about the brother, but I'm just saying like I can't and neither do they because they have a military that is in shape that will blow down on you, and as you are trying to run and retreat and and, and regroup. You're not going to be able to put one leg up and one leg down. It's like the difference in the movie we saw uh, yesterday on Netflix with the uh, with old girl. Uh, I can't think of her name. The difference between her and and Smollett in uh, in um, oh God uh, Lovecraft Country. How she was booking. That, that's the way you run. Like you running, and we saw we saw old girl in the movie yesterday, and she was like, "You hadn't been on the track in a while." And so this is what we're looking at. So besides that, besides that, though, because I'm not trying to clown the brother because it's good. Certain rhetoric has been heard before. What are you going to do to exact upon that rhetoric? But but the main point of this is, did you hear where the hamster wheel? Mindset comes in. We are on our plantation, and we want you to do for us until you put a plan in place. What is the responsibility of a Euro-American, as Europeans call them, Euro-American to put an economic plan in place for you? What was different? You are the original Black Panther Party. You are the original Black Panther Party, and the but the original Black Panther Party came with a list of demands, or at least a list of how they were going to implement a program. October 1966, the pro-Black radical mix, right? A few months after. My sister was born, 1966, the pro-black radical mix, Black Panther Party platform and program, what we want, what we believe. Can you read that there, Tanya? For our people, 
that exposes the true nature of the decadent American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present-day society. Six, we want all black men to be exempt from military service. Seven, we want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of all black people. Wow. Eight, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county, and city prisons and jail. Nine, we want all black people when brought trial to be tried in a court by a jury of their peer group or people from their black communities as defined by the Constitution of the United States. Ten, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. And as our major political objective, a United Nations supervised plebiscite to be held throughout the black colony in which only black colonial subjects will be allowed to participate for the purpose of determining the will of black people as to their national destiny. Number 10 is very pivotal, people. Only American blacks will be able to participate. That's one. What's, What's the other one that's very interesting? Oh, we want decent housing. Number 10, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. Who is the Democrat Party giving 1 through 10 to right now by Biden's plan? What are they doing? Who are they giving 1 through 10 to by Biden's plan while they're giving us loans to go into debt? Who are they giving that to, Tanya? Immigrants. Immigrants. Going totally against number 10. Number 10. This is where the rubber hits the road, right? The original Black Panther Party of Milwaukee. He's talking about we want you to provide. Now, maybe I'm off a little bit, and maybe they have provided a new 10-point plan updated from October 1966. But what do you notice about October 1966 to now September 2020? What do you notice about those demands between October 1966 and uh, September 2020? I noticed that uh, in Bold capital letters that says police brutality and murder of black people. We want an immediate end to. Well, obviously that hasn't happened. So in other words, people, because we have gone along with the program of being on a hamster wheel, we're still on the same hamster wheel. And all ten of these from 1966 are still. The problem that we have today, and now we are saying not only is this necessary in a reparations plan, but the paper, too, to make us whole, we have to have these 10 points and more and the paper. It has to be a redistribution of wealth. Meanwhile, there are black people out there, there are black people out there who are teaming up with Anarchists 
who believe in dropping the state, they're teaming up with that. So that means that you don't get anything that's owed to you from the state because the state will fall. And then there are people who are teaming up with accelerationists, right, who are about the change of the society. And this is where, not to that extreme, but to where Candace Owens comes in. Can Candace Owens teach? Can Candace Owens, can we learn something from Candace Owens? Does she assist us? Well, let's listen to Candace Owens and let's break this clip. We we played some of this yesterday. And what she says, there's a lot of truth, or let me say facts, facts, because truth is relative to who hears it and how they process it and if they're in a mindset or a mind state. So truth is relative, but facts are there, and they can be interpreted as truth or they can be interpreted as fake news, depending on how you want to look at it. So she says some things that are appear to be factual, but then she mixes in what, in my opinion, could be nonsense. Because how could you be getting off of a plantation to go over to and vote in another plantation, right? Candace Owens, conservative thinker, thinking to inform American blacks about the quote-unquote plantation and getting off one to vote on another with a mix of anarchists and accelerationists in her thoughts, words, and deeds, does Candace Owens assist us? Why? We don't know definitions. Oh, yeah, and this is the second part of the show. Why we don't know definitions, right? We need to know definitions of what we're looking at when the person is talking to us. So we've already broke down that it's a 10-point plan, and she's talking this, and she's talking plantation politics, but has taken it and molded it to represent that there's only one plantation. When all I know is carpet baggers and Republicans and Democrats, all of them own slaves. Yes, the Dixiecrats were in office when the lynching was were the lynches the lynchings were happening, and they're still in office today in the House, in the highest offices of the land in the House, right? Some in the Senate. While this is going on, but the Republicans are not exempt to this. Can Candace Owens Owens learn us something? Does she assist us? So let's keep going. Now, why can Candace Owens say that about Frederick Douglass and miss, in my opinion, misrepresent what he was saying? He was in the lament, not that he was callous, but that he had to keep moving for survival. So it's all in how you interpret it. So Candace Owens, April 29, 1989, she's 31 years old. She was was born in Stamford, Connecticut, U.S. 
raised by her grandparents after parents' divorce. She's the third of four children. She's the middle child. What's funny about her Wikipedia page, she mentions a paternal grandparent on her father's side. Robert Owens is written, Robert Owens was born in North Carolina. So that's kind of trying to beef up her American black bona fides, right? And like we mentioned yesterday, if you go check out some of the uh, classic shows of Tariq Nashi, he goes in and shows you where she is actually not American black. I call it American black. He calls it something else, right? But for me, she's putting on the skin of an American black and saying that uh, when really she's uh, an invasion of the black body snatchers. And this represents in her Wikipedia that she was feeling the heat. She was feeling the fire and had to beef up her American black bona fides, actually being from that line of 1619. That will lead an American black to believe her uh, maternal grandparents were actually immigrants living in living in in uh, Stanford. So what what's interesting about Stanford? We have this uh, poster right here, right, right. And a few years back, around fourteen, they had an expose and they had a, a event. African Americans in Connecticut. Right, and then when you look at this photo, this person, this black person here, owns must be the co-owner or the owner of an ice cream shop that is called New Haven Dairy. Right, New Haven Dairy. Hmm. So there is a black presence in Connecticut, but I could not get the breakdown on what type of uh, black it is. So let's continue. So we're giving you context to let you see what's going on with Candace Owens when she can so quickly uh, throw people, in our opinion, under the bus for their views, men and women who are great orators and also great thought leaders in the American black community. Okay, here we go. See, again, see, it, it, it's conflating and saying that it's just Democrats when there were more than just Democrats owning slaves. I mean, like, come on, like, really, like, I mean, is this really something? And she is so easy to do that because she didn't come up in La Familia neither. She didn't come up in um, a traditional family structure either, and not knocking those who didn't. But when you didn't come up and, and we have to look at the voices and where they come from, where they're coming from. Like my sister and I came up in a traditional family structure, mother, father, siblings, right? 
we came up in that. So automatically, I would disagree. So can she assist me? She assists me in knowing, in my opinion, how not to think. Can she learn us something? Let's continue on. Okay, while we're doing this, Tanya, I need you to look up. She sued for racial discrimination when she was in college. I need you to look that article up real quick because she sued uh, some institution or organization for racial discrimination when she was on the other side of the coin. When she was on the pro-black side, she sued, and now she's on what you could say is the conservative side Uh Right, she sued, and we need to know that, right? So here's Candace Owens, and she's saying this. Our contention on hashtag TFR podcast live will be our assertion, our thought on it is that if you are rallying, if you are in the rally mode for a party, and they haven't given you anything specifically for your group, but you're just saying, I just want to get this guy out of here. I don't like him. And that's the Democrat Party. You are a coon, my opinion. If you are on the other side and you are speaking about the opposite party and the party has not given something specifically to you for your group, especially when you know we just finished watching the news yesterday and found out that Donald Trump is trying to swoo the Hispanic vote, trying to swoo the Hispanic vote, and then later Biden because he found out that Trump is starting to lead with them, and now he's trying to swoon. What about, hello, we're out here in the wilderness. If you're on that side of the party and you're just talking about cooning, being called coon because you're, you're not being called coon because you have conservative principles, in my opinion, you're being called a coon because you are not demanding something for your specific group. So if you are on the Democrat Side, the Dixiecrat side, and you are American black, and you are not demanding anything, you are a coon. If you are on the Republican side, and you are not demanding something for American blacks, but you just want to be hobnob and all that, you are a coon. Independent, nonpartisan, whatever it is, my, that's my opinion. So let's continue on here. Let's continue. Now, we broke down Marxism a couple of shows ago, right? We broke down what Marxism Marxism is nothing but the study of capitalism. And after they study all the effects of capitalism on 
workers, on society, et cetera, et cetera, then they come to the conclusion that it should be a communist system, right? should be a communist system, which then leads. So, see, what I'm saying, she's on the accelerationist side, but yet she's kicking information from the the, uh, anarchist side. You see? And so all that is is communism. And what we know when we do the research that none of that, definitely not the the accelerationists and definitely not the anarchists, have never been on our side because they joined together to keep us out of getting what we're supposed to have. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show in more detail, but let's continue. This is a disgrace for her to easily. She's done it twice now. She's talked. She's t- taken Frederick Douglass's words and twisted them, and now she's taking Dick Gregory, who was and still is, as people watch playing his videos, a thought leader, now a thought ancestor, and it makes me think two things about, in my opinion, about Candace Owens. Either she doesn't, she hasn't researched enough, or she is willfully doing this to stir up and keep both sides for her, for her come up, right, for her come up. She's on both sides of the fence in what she's talking for her come up, and that's why we asked yesterday, if someone is pushing you that is American black to vote for a party, I don't care what party it is, and the party hasn't offered you anything, what are they getting for pushing you to vote for your worst interest by not getting anything for your vote? What are they gaining? What are they gaining by being that particular person? Oh, okay. I thought you were starting the video back. I um, looked, so I looked up particular, I looked at what's popped out. Now, what is this that's popped in the middle of my screen? Okay, your mic, your mic is uh, uh, going in and out. Let's, 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 you know, I don't know what's going on. You know, they're trying to keep you from being heard. I can hear you now. Yes. Perfect. Uh, this, this thing, advertisement has all right, so they they put they put an ad on they put an ad on to slow us down to slow us down. That's that's the way it is, and and they're and they're fooling with your mic and your photo right now. Here we go, here we go. Okay, here we go. All right, so this lawsuit. Uh, she was a senior. At the time, she was in. A, she was 18 years old at Stanford High in a Stanford. Uh, it was public that the, her family received settlement based on some racial uh, threats that she had received while she was in school that caused her to miss school. And so the root of the case is that they failed failed to protect her school because she didn't feel safe. You know, uh, she actually used some of the classic uh, Caucasian women 
food. Um, I didn't feel safe here uh, because she didn't feel safe. It deemed it uh, that the uh, school board it was a failure to protect her family with the school uh, $500 for this infraction. And basically uh, the accusation was because the son, one of the main culprits was the son of the mayor, uh, Daniel Malloy at the time. Uh, It was his son. And she was saying that they they were dragging their feet and not doing anything about it and was not going to hold him accountable because he was the mayor's son. So that's what it came down to is the mayor's son and some other boy that had um, said some racial things to her that was very offensive. And then those things turned into threats um, by what probably whatever her response was. And she harassed, unsafe to go to school, and the school board failed to protect her. And so they filed a lawsuit, and the school board the school board paid the sixty two thousand five hundred out of the three hundred and seventy five thousand dollar fund that they had. Wow. Wow. So she so she comes out, and when she's on the side of that, so she automatically comes out making that money, making that guap. She got guap. My opinion. She got guap for uh, probably one of the last discrimination suits that, you know, people were winning because she all of a sudden flipped the script. And I'm sure that now that she's on the other side, she's talking about that that $12 million that the uh, uh, Breonna Taylor's family received for her wrongful death it's probably something that shouldn't be done, but she got that six. She got that guap, and now she's on the other side of the story. Wow, I tell you. So as we start to peel this onion back, as we said, what we are supposing is so that she's playing both sides of the coin. What, what she speaks, which makes that double speak. She's double speaking. She's saying one side, the other side, the other side, this side. But as long as she comes up in this system, it's best to keep the system the way it is so that I can come up in it as an individual. Just my opinion, our observations, my observation, my opinion on it. See, she throws it all in there. She throws the woman movement in. She says, oh, man, we thought that I was going to be a Black Panther. I don't know which fist, if I was going to be liberal or I was going to be conservative, but I was going to throw one of the fists up with the black glove, black fist that I. Listen. <laughs> She's throwing both. She throws everything in there. Can we learn something from Candace Owens? Yes. Are you getting it yet? Are you getting what we can learn from Candace Owens? Can we learn, in my opinion, disingenuousness? Let's continue on.
So you hear what she's saying. She says she didn't want to be anti-American. Which th- so now she's throwing on the side talking about anarchists, right? She didn't. She was on the liberal side, and she didn't want to be anti-American. So the only party in America that's a that's American is Republican. It doesn't. It doesn't follow just the basic one on one or. 0080 logic. It just doesn't follow logic. What you got to say? So she's uh, she's going both in two different directions, and I recall a scripture that says that a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. So they're not to be counted upon. Because they're if they're double minded, they speak with a forked tongue as well. So it's a singleness of eye, not a singleness of mind, not any uh, stable platform. So they're like, you know, riding the wave, riding the surfboard, oh, riding the surfboard, riding the wave. So you never know what direction they're going to go in. And actually, that's more of a dangerous thing than somebody who is absolutely, absolutely identifiably on the outside things, at least you know where they are. A person like this is dangerous because you can't place your confidence in them in any kind of way because the moment you do, when when the opportunity suits them, they're going to, you know, they're going to flip the script on you. So uh, that's a dangerous individual. And at this point, I wouldn't count on it for anything. Right, right. Okay, so look, before we continue with Candace Owens, Let's get some definitions. Let's get some definitions. We need to let's know some definitions. Okay. Constitutional law is a body of law which defines the role, powers, and structure of different entities within a state. A state. Remember, a state. Namely, the executive the parliament or legislature and the judiciary, as well as the basic rights of citizens and in federal countries such as the United States and Canada, the relationship between the central government and state, provincial or territorial governments. Okay, so that's what constitutional law is. So when people say, don't tread on my constitution, you'll be like, well, what you're saying there doesn't exactly follow constitutional law because all constitutional law is about A, B, C, and D. Okay, so let's move this over here. Let's do another definition real quickly, real quick. That's no definitions, people. Federal government is composed of three distinct branches, legislative, executive, and judicial, whose powers are vested by the U.S. Constitution in the Congress, the President, and the federal courts, respectively, right? Federal system. Power is shared by a powerful central government and states 
or provinces or provinces that are given considerable self-rule, usually through own leg- through their own legislatures. Example: the United States, Australia, the Federal Republic of Germany. How many of you knew that the that Germany was a federal government? Who who knew that? Who knew that? When you thought they were like a communist, like the way they talked about them so bad afterwards, you would think that that, that they had decided to be communists or something. Let's keep going, right? Congressional republic. What is a congressional republic? A congressional republic is a state where the chief executive and representatives are democratically elected by the people, and the rules are set down in written constitution. The head of the state and other representatives are elected, but they do not have uncontrolled power, right? So now remember now, this is within the state. We are in a democratic republic that is Govern under federal government. Each one of these definitions and how it is complement each other. This is how the founding fathers did it. These different uh, governments, uh, how they wanted it to work, they complement one another. Remember now, this is all within the state, however. Democracy. Let's know some definitions. Democracy, a system of government by the whole population or all the eligible members of state, typically through elected representatives. A state governed by a democracy, control of an organization or group by the majority of its members, right? That's what a democracy. So we are a republic. A democrat, a, dem- a democratic republic, federal government. All right, state. This is very important, right? Because we're talking about people who constantly talk about how the state is flawed, how the state needs to fall. So, what is what is State. state is a uh, it's, it's like it's like a pollen. It's polity under a system of governance. There is no undisputed definition of a state. A widely used definition uh, from the govern the German sociologist Max Weber is a state quote unquote is a. a a poly, it's like police polity a uh, uh, polity that maintains a monopoly on the legitimate use of violence, although other definitions are not uncommon. So that is what a state is. It it, it, ha, it holds the monopoly on legitimate use of violence. So what is police then? Police means to enforce the rules or to enforce law and order. When you patrol an area to make sure 
that the laws are being followed. This is an example of when you police area. So uh, politity is the state, right, under a system of government, right, of governance, where the state has a monopoly on the legitimate use of violence. What you got to say before we continue on here? Um, these definitions are really, really good. And, again, we I can't stress enough how important it is to go back over these and look back over them. There's some of them. There's quite a few of them. Actually, I'm going to have to go back over and commit to memory uh, just because I'm not voting this time, but I need to know this because of other endeavors I may pursue. I'm very interested uh, yesterday, uh, you you came up with the the Constitution, how to form a Constitution, how to uh, which has to do with forming a government and establishing a government. And so these are things that we need to know. For those of us, and I admittedly didn't pay a whole lot of attention in civics class. <laughs> I actually loved civics class. I just didn't pay a lot of attention in civics class. Obviously, my brother did, so I'm learning over again what I should have learned at 14 in civics class. But this is very interesting, and this is something that we all, it's imperative that we know it, not that we just rely on someone else to have the information and we not know the information. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And we have a, we have a, a call. So let, let, let's see what uh, 612 is talking about six one two. Let's bring them in. They have a question or a comment. Six one two. Are you on the line? Yes, sir. Uh, good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Who are we speaking with? Yes, sir. My name is Michael. Yes, how are you doing today? All right. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing well. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Okay. So, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was going to say, as far as Candace Owens goes, I know she gets a bad rep with a lot of people. But um, if you really look at some of the points she raises, I think she's actually showing more of the concept of what people need to hear versus what they want to hear. And I think the Democratic Party and liberals in general tend to tell black people what they want to hear and not and advocate for things that actually hinder us versus helping us grow. And you okay, see this go, concept of like children. Go past the black and white thing. Let's go past the black and white thing. Let's 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 let's, let's take out the black and white thing. What is she saying that is good for people in general? Let's take the black and white out because we, we we're hitting that. We're talking about that now that you're on the phone, Mike, and you understand Candace Owens. We need to know what she's about. That's more than what you know, just the black and white issue. What makes her okay, so, so good? Let's leave black and white out of it. What does she, what is good about her about the for the American people? Okay, so she advocates for conservative policies over liberal policies. And in America right now, in general, our general society supports more of a liberal platform as far as political policies. We see it in the entertainment media and the news media and the education system. Those that's what's being promoted. And that's what's being pushed on the general population, whereas conservative ideas are frowned upon, they're oftentimes mocked and ridiculed, 
anytime you turn on, let's say, a late-night talk show, you'll always see them mocking a Republican and promoting a Democrat. It's very rarely the other way around. There were studies done by both Harvard and Columbia that showed that the media is from 85 to 95% supportive of the Democrats and liberals in that same percentage okay, my, against my, uh, Republicans my, my, and conservatives. Okay, I, I hear all that. I, 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 I respect your viewpoint on that. I asked you a question. I asked you, what about Candace Owens is good about America, the American citizen, American people? Not about what they do on in the media. We know about the media. Both sides know about the media. Welcome to the club. I'm asking, what is good about Candace Owens for the American people? Yeah, she's promoting conservative policies that are beneficial from an economic standpoint and she promotes social policies that are good for the culture. So she's against, for example, abortion. She's against this whole, you know, this whole, like, redefining of male and feminine roles that we see society today. She advocates for economic policies, in my opinion, that are beneficial, both in the short term and in the long term, in contrast to many of the liberal ideals that are popular, which I believe are, can be sold to people who are more emotional-based thinking and not using critical thinking and logic to come to a better understanding of what's better both in the short term and long term for the country. So if you want a specific okay, policy, okay, wait, wait, for wait, example. Mike, 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 Mike. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hear you out, and I'm with you, and I hear that. I hear your opinion, and your opinion is valid. But what I need you to do is call back in when you can tell me exactly what makes her good for the American citizen. I value your phone call. I, I literally I did. Your opinion. And it seems but like you just don't right like my answer. Just, I mean, that, I, mean I, I value your opinion. I hear what you're saying, right? Okay, but, okay. How about you tell me what is it that you're looking for? Because she's a conservative, right? You know that. She advocates for conservative political policies. So that's the basis of her whole majority of what she talks about. So what is it that you're looking right. for? For me about Candace Owens Because I don't understand I mean, what it is that you're looking for I mean you should be able to rattle off To me 10 things That make her great <laughs> I literally just did And you told me you didn't no, accept no, my answer no, no, you you, no, no you went in and, No I'm, I'm not with, with oh, So, you, so you, just, you just you just want to play games And you're not being serious so that's No no I'm not, I'm not No, See I'm not trying to argue with you Mike I'm trying to get you to be more concise In what you're saying I did saying what 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 no. more concise could I have been than that? I, I mean, literally said my, the policy my, she advocates for, both politically and okay, socially. Okay. You said you didn't want you that. Know, what, Initially, okay. I talked no, about no, the no. black and white, okay, the black okay, issue. Okay, my, she didn't want that. Those are the two here, things she here, talks here. about. What else does Candace okay, Owens even here, talk about? Here, here, here's here's what I mean, Mike. I'm gonna bring this up real quick so that I can, because I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. But you have to bring something. You have to bring a ten point. Plan. Matter of fact, Tanya, look up the a ten, ten point, point plan. plan. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I was literally wait doing that, and you cut me off right wait, when wait, I was in the middle wait. of talking about Mike, her economic Mike, policies and Mike, her social Mike, policies. Mike, wait, Mike, Mike, Mike. I'm gonna have to pan you down. Listen, what I'm saying is, look up the preachers for Trump and the ten point plan that the preachers had. The black preachers that are pro Donald Trump. When we talk about people who are doing something, right, Mike, 
and, and I'm, I'm going to let you hear this off the air, and then next time you call in when we have this topic again or something like it, you'll be able to come up with 10 points that make her good. Oh, uh, you see you how you keep trying. Now, look, so look. Now, I, I tried to give Mike a chance, and we're not arguing, but you're going off into personal opinion. We're talking about, like, the Panthers had a 10-point plan. Donald Trump has a 10-point plan that was pushed to him by the black pastors. You know when they were, when the media had American blacks thinking that the pastors were coons and toms and all that, and, uh, right, they had, they had a plan. And so let's go over that plan real quick. Let's break down the, uh, let me bring you back in, break down that 10-point plan and this is what I mean by what's good for America. This is an example right here. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I'm just going to start it at point number. Uh, okay. They're breaking your mic up. Can you can you fix that up? Because I don't. Can you can you fix that? Because they are breaking your mic up. Jeez. Uh, yes, I can hear you now. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. All right. I'm going to keep my hands on the mic here. So education through school choice will allow every disadvantage to attend the public, private. Okay, hold up, hold up. They're breaking you up. They're breaking you up. They're breaking you up still. So the first thing that you said was make sure that you're plugged in Try to try to plug, don't pull it out, but keep it plugged in. Make sure it's tight in. Um, the first thing you said is education. It was about education. This is a ten-point plan for American blacks that was endorsed by the that Trump has implemented some of these plans. And this is what I mean by people actually doing something other than talking, what makes you good? What can we learn from Candace Owens? Does she assist us like these pastors did who took the slings and arrows of being called coons because they were uh, feeling Donald Trump's policies? Here we go. Okay. Uh, that was uh, great education. And starting with that, number two, safe communities. Uh, number three, equal justice under the law. Equal justice under the law. Number four, platforms to create jobs and communities. Number five, financial reform to expand credit to support new job creation. Number six, trade that works for American workers. Seven, protection from illegal immigration. Uh, Eight, new infrastructure investment. Nine, protect the African-American church. Ten, American first foreign policy, America first foreign policy. Those are the ten points, and we uh, we we have definitely seen three of these. Uh, what are the three? What are the three that have already been implemented? And this is what I mean by 
people actually being good for the American citizen. Here, this man is is in office. People are calling him a racist, whatever you want to call him, probably. But he has a right to believe the way he believes. But as a CEO of a company, of a incorpor- incorporation, he, his duty is to make it run better than it ran before by streamlining it streamlining and making it work. So this is what we're talking about, about people who are just jibber-jabbing and talking and people who are actually executing. So what are the three that they have actually uh, implemented again? And, and hold the mic or something so they can hear you. The first one falls under number one, great education. Uh, the historical black colleges and universities uh, well, it said we will ensure funding for these universities, uh, more affordable two- and four-year colleges, and support for trade and vocational education. That falls under that. That's a, It's a paragraph of other things, but that definitely was taken care of uh, during this time. Um, and then I believe you cited the, the other one. They fall one of these paragraphs. I'll have to say uh, what they are. Yeah, um, he made sure that, okay, so he did the voting. So I didn't wrote, write this down because I thought that you would have it there over on your end, right? But it's of like four situations, including, yeah, yeah, including the, oh, oh the empowerment zones so the African-American employment could be up. He's done that. The Democrats criticized it and said that, oh, it's just rich people uh, building this and they're going to profit from it. But then when they were doing uh, empowerment zones back in the 90s, when uh, when Clinton was in there, nobody was saying anything about only the rich people are going to do when they were providing jobs. Though they did take away some of the independent shops that we remembered in Lee and Harvard uh, so well. We had independent shops that only a few lasted. Others that had something to do with chains, selling something that chains had, they were out the door. Go ahead. Okay, that was under number eight. That was new infrastructure investment. Also, I believe that uh, number 10, America First Foreign Policy, we're trying to build democracies in trillions but focus on defeating terrorists and putting America first. Yes. That is done and about the immigrants. Yeah, the illegal immigrants, though, is the main one that helps American blacks, right? It helps us because, uh, because they are out the jobs on each level. It's not just picking uh, fruit. It's on every level in the society. The illegal immigrant is not there. That's so. But what does what does uh, Biden want to do? He wants to give uh, the illegal immigrant one through ten of the Black Panther plan of October nineteen sixty six. Is that right or wrong? <sighs> and he won. That 
back. And I see something else that I think uh, works for American workers who will stop the massive chronic trade deficits that have emptied out our jobs. We won't let our jobs be stolen from us anymore. We will stop the offshoring of companies to low-wage countries and raise wages at home. That has happened. You see, you, you, you see, you see. This is why, why we ask the question: What can we learn from Candace Owens? Does she assist us? And the answer to that question, unfortunately, in my opinion, is no, because there is nothing there but just, in my opinion, talking heads. She's talking on both sides of the issue to hawk books, merchandise. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Just my opinion on it. Now, guess what else is happening in the news right now that we have to hit right now, uh, Tanya? The uh, anonymous is back in the news. Anonymous is back in the news because they are going against this group. Let me see if I can have their name. Uh, AQ9, anonymous versus Econom. Now, here we are. AQ9 is responsible for pushing the pedophilia, uh, let's just call it conspiracy theory, uh, but we know from just looking at cuties that this is a global phenomenon just looking at old boy that hung himself in the jail cell that had we reviewed about old boy and his girl and both Trump and Clinton was there were there at least Trump has taken photo ops but we know about the about Trump walking into the dressing rooms allegedly uh, of uh, beauty contestants while they were naked and young and the young etc etc so what the anarchist group, 
Anonymous is saying is they're going at the accelerationist group, AQ9, because they are not including Trump in on the fact that they're that he is a pederast by their opinion. And, you know, I have no opinion on it really other than pederasty is evil and should be eradicated. So they say that he is a pederast and that they are holding back. And so people, what's being ciphered out into the ether, through the ether line, through the connections, People are picking up and saying Trump is for battling pederasty, and the Democrats are not. When in actuality, like we said on the show on episode one thirty, it is equal on both sides. But at least the Republicans are speaking up about it, where the Democrats have been woefully silent. Let's continue. So this is where the rubber. Hits the roll on this, and if you want to know who uh, QAnon is, we're going to play a video next. And your ass is ready for a thrashing of thunder. You got all these foolish people all riled up with no proof, no links. We have plans. We will not sit idly by while you take advantage of the misinformed and poorly educated. In our collective, we all have our differences and internal drama, but we do have one thing in common. None of us are happy with your bullshit. And oh my god, oh no, it's a real anonymous, they deep state fence. Oh my god, oh my god, insert conspiracy theory, OMG, hell. We gonna wreck you. We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So look. So look. These are anarchists, and those, and they're going against the accelerationists, right? And so, before we go any further, I need to let you know uh, this next definition as we get it through. Well, remember we were talking about police, and this is the main issue with police and the way that the the municipalities municipalities have been created off of the paddy rollers, slave patrols called uh, pat rollers, patter rollers, Patty rollers or patty rollers by enslaved persons. Uh, it's so small, I can't read it. Let me bring it up. Uh, one time, popo, pigs, five o, law enforcement, modern words, uh, coined by people of African descent, were or organized groups of armed white men who monitor and enforce discipline upon black slaves in the antebellum. U.S., Southern South, now globally, because you know once you research, you find out that a lot of the Europeans came here to learn how to implement law enforcement, and now it's a reciprocal, an infinite, infinity circle where now the Israelis who once learned now teach the American policing how to police like they police the Palestinians, right? So, the slave patrol's function was to play to police enslaved persons 
especially those who escaped or were viewed as defiant. They also formed river patrols to prevent escape by boat. Would that be the Coast Guard today? Established 1704 South Carolina. All right, people. So now, as we move forward. Now, this is this is a very important thing because we've been talking about state and we've been talking about accelerationists and we've been talking about anarchists. And so it's good to have this definition so you know what you're looking at when you're looking at uh, anonymous and you're looking at uh, AQ9, right? Accelerationism, acceleration of race, racial conflict resulting in a white no state. Accelerationist theory has been divided into mutually contradictory left-wing and right-wing variants, two sides of the same coin. These definitions are there for you to see. What we say on the show just through observation is there in definition for you to see. All you have to see, why are you playing on the Two sides of the same coin, American black people. Accelerationist, person who believes in racial conflict, accelerated, resulting in the fall of the state, resulting in a white ethnostate. Anarchist, persons who believes in the fall of the state government, society without authorities or a govern a governing body. What's the difference between these two? Nothing. It was just a division of churches. Oh, I didn't like I didn't like what you said that day, so I'm gonna go out here and do this and you were a little bit too friendly to the Negroes. And so we're gonna do something else. We're gonna do something else because you were just a little too friendly to the Negroes. And that is the difference, but they still have nothing that will be productive for you. And so uh, let's see, we got 15, so let's see. We're going to go to the next video, but first, what do you have to say? This is that, that, you know, by Anonymous. It's kind of funny, the the animation or whatnot, but – we have to, and that's that is something to pay attention to too, because that is somewhat of a distraction um, when you are uh, distracted by the visual of the particular thing. We have to, we have to listen. Don't get caught up in visuals. That's our problem. That's the problem of, of a lot of things, a lot of different arenas being caught up with the visuals and missing what is being said. This is everything from music and song to what's being communicated in movies, to uh, everything. So we need to pay attention to what we're hearing. Be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear. Yes, 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 indeed, indeed. Yes, listen, over on right underneath the Observations Episode 16, there's another meme that I picked up as I was putting this together. So this is like divine. This is not something that is... Once I set what it's going to be about, everything seems to fall into place. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. 
So over here on the right, they've been talking about Nisara and Jisara for about 20 years. The Q movement has been going on for about 20 years. Levels to this, right? So if you would look up Nisara, Tanya, as we start this video, so we can uh, get definition, because this plays into exactly what's going on. Now, these, this group right here would be considered alt-right accelerationist. Here we go. Start out with showing you about, now this is a show that interviews four members of AQ9, right? So it's a it's a comedy late show, a comedy central, right? But they start out with the birth birther movement about the conspiracies that Trump said. Now, so this is a left leaning, but the controversy started with Hillary Clinton Clinton getting the information, as it said, just like the dossier. Then she passed it out to the people because she, in my opinion, was bitter that Obama won. Trump picked it up, ran with it because he knew that Obama, and he couldn't say it exactly out because what would he care as a, a nationalist for his nationalist base? Why would he care? So he would say he wasn't born here, but really what he was saying was he wasn't American black he was Kenyan and American from Kansas, Kansas, growing up in Hawaii. So let's continue on. The shadow civil war between rogue intelligence agencies and good guys, for lack of a better term. Do we all agree on this? This exists. Pure, not 100 percent. 100 percent. Oh yeah, 100 percent. Cue the guy. It's on the internet. Not a guy. No, I got the group, the people that have the full scope of the picture is less than 10. We shouldn't be caught up on who is Q, it's more of what is it. He says that because um, what's about to be revealed is that QAnon is actually JFK Jr. So JFK Jr. is alive, and he brought the plan to Donald uh, pre-1999. Is Q more powerful than Trump? He's <laughs> part of the Q team. So he's, so he's just part of the team. Yeah, he's actually posted uh, at least once or twice. Uh, okay, so let, let me pause that for a minute. So automatically, him saying that JFK Jr. is still alive made him seem like wacko jacko, okay? Wacko jacko, okay? Remember how they used to use that term for Mike, and Mike come to find out wasn't wacko jacko after all, right? So it makes him seem wacko jacko, but that right there, until I see John F. Kennedy Jr. walking, talking, breathing, he was resurrected along with his wife, his pregnant wife, out of the waters of Florida. Well, I believe that John F. Kennedy is alive, and he worked it out with Trump. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe it. Just won't. Let's continue. At least twice. Uh, he signed yeah. it. Well, we do know that because he's, when, he, when it signed it, it's 4 10 20 that's Donald J. Trump. Um, you, but you got to understand numerology to know that. There was a tweet where everything in the tweet is just regular uh, verbiage, regular grammar, 
but he has the word roaring, the word great, and the word reduce all in caps. Look up the numerology behind those words, and it comes out to the number 17. What does the number 17 mean? Q. It just means Q. It's the 17th letter of the alphabet. Well, it's a lot more simple than I thought it would be. Donald Trump is one of the most intelligent men probably in our lifetime, like top five, believe it or not. Like, why did half? He might actually be right on this one. I was a really good student at the best school. I'm not like a smart guy, okay? Trust me, I'm like a smart person. In your mind, curing the course of good? And it's saving us from what? An elite satanic pedophile ring? One of the aspects of corruption they are working to dismantle is human trafficking rings. Yes. Remember when Trump was on stage and he grabbed the Fiji water? Fiji is one of the biggest human trafficking areas on the planet. What big profile people are in this pedophile ring? Do you want names? Mm-hmm. Sure. Hillary Clinton. You think Hillary Clinton's a, a pedophile? Worse. What's worse than a pedophile? Uh, she's a pedophile. Uh, uh, baby. There's something in their blood that apparently has been some euphoric experience. Called the adrenochrome. It acts as a drug, essentially. Where do they get the babies from? Katie? <laughs> a lot of these babies are bred specifically for that purpose. You mean five names and big names are going down. Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, John McCain, George Bush, and Obama. 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 The conspiracy theories surrounding Obama, um, Michelle is a man. I'm just saying, there's a bull. She's got, she, if you believe that Michelle Obama has a penis, do you, you believe Michelle Obama is a man? I tend to think she is. What real evidence is there to support any of these claims? <laughs> what claims? What claims? You just said Hillary Clinton eats babies and Michelle Obama pisses standing up. There is no vote. Okay, okay, okay. So that's, that's all we need to play with. To get you get that idea from this comedy skit here, which is actually interviewing the actual people of who they are as an organization, right, and what they believe. And a lot of that information is put through. Now, this is accelerationism. It's to put dissent into the people so that the state can begin to crumble and fall. Then you have the anarchists on the other side that say that we don't quite appreciate the way the state is because it doesn't run. So it's going to fall. So us in the middle of the two sides saying coins are two people warring because in church they didn't like the one scripture that was said. And so we're in the middle as American black people. And neither party has shown us through communism, socialism, da 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 da, or definitely not white nationalism or acceleration that they are for us. So why would we even, we should sit this out and let them battle it out and then we can politic with the people who win it, right? And so this is what you're looking at here. You're looking at people who are extreme on both ends and we're sitting in the middle and what are we doing, American black people? Go back and research this. We dropped a lot of information. Let's see how much time we have left. We got five. Close out. Um, you asked a very poignant question. Um, <laughs> there's extremism on both sides, but the one thing we don't see either side being extreme about 
is the things that are due us, even though one side in particular is trying to identify, still uh, keeping our title or, shall I say, and a title that identifies with blackness uh, as their, their title, as if they're doing something um, for black people. So we have to be about us. That's what it all boils down to. This is what we're showing you. We're educating you and, and doing the legwork and looking up things that you may not have thought to look up. Maybe some of you have. But uh, you may not have thought to look a lot of this stuff up, and we're bringing your attention to it so that you should know where your attention should not be at this time. Okay, so Nisera, which, they, which the uh, meme uh, uh, asserts that Q has been going for 20 years, because Nisera and Jisera have been mentioned for over 20 years. Just give a brief definition of what it is, then I'll close out. In collusion with the banks. Mm. Uh, the next step is to announce Nisera into the world, but it's not an easy task. Many powerful groups have tried to prevent the implementation of Nasera, including all those in government and the courts who will go to jail for crimes of high treason. Wow, this this looks like something we got to get into a little bit deeper here. Yeah, so I just wanted to give them. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, finish that up. If giving sixteen trillion to the banks for their recovery is not a sign that this is real, I do not know how else to show you, and I'll stop there. All right, people, so Nesera and Jisera, right? And so this has been going on. So Q has been going on for a while. So basically in the breakdown of it, it has to do with money being put back on a metallic system, not only gold, but silver, platinum, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a rainbow of of precious metal that money will be based upon instead of being based upon just the note itself. And so we're going to get more into that, but we wanted to get you to know because as American black people, we have to get off of this hamster wheel of constantly following and start having critical thinking to make your own mind state to look at this stuff and catch up on this stuff that is out there. This has been out there since the 90s, and no one in American blackhood really knows about this. And guess what? It it doesn't include us. And we're going to get into it, you see? While you're playing around on your hamster wheel, while you're talking about I'm going to vote over here, vote over there, I'm going to be a good coon, I'm not getting anything, people are getting and you're not. So, people, this has been another great robust. Go back and play it again because it's a lot of information dropped out to you in every episode. Go back, get your notebooks, get your information. We're not trying to push any direction of thought on you because we don't want you to be on a hamster wheel. We want you to make your own mind state by looking at the facts and coming to what's true for you. And so that's it, people. This has been another great, robust episode of TFR Podcast Live. Thanks to my special co-host, Tanya M. Congress. 
Make sure you smash the like button, share button, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, OB. That's observations, and we will see you tomorrow. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.